completion rates of the curriculum, compounding education from one learning objective to the next. And then it again, arrives them at very deliberate points in the future, you know, by way of these learning pathways. Yeah, that's the aim in terms of the student and how we're trying to help them accelerate and advance on their own development. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson here with the tremendous, the one and only Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? Oh my gosh. One of these days we need to flip the script and I need to do an intro <laughs> for you because you do these like, <laughs> I feel like I need to like- I'm like in a full stadium. Like, I'm like doing this announcer thing, <laughs> but you deserve it. Yeah. I mean, you're a legend, Julie. A legend. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm you're back in the Bay briefly, the Bay, right? Briefly, yeah. Yes. Just loving, loving. Oh my gosh. Just loving the cold weather and the holidays. Just super pumped about the holidays. I spent the day yesterday just hanging out with the kids in the kitchen. It was pouring rain as I'm sure it was over at your place too. And yeah, we made a quiche. We made some soup. We were going to make bread, but we ran out of time and just hung out inside the cold house, which was, well, it was cold outside, but warm inside. But yeah, just loving the holidays. Excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. That rain was something else. We don't get rain like that in the Bay Area. And yeah. man, it was raining buckets and we had all these weekend plans and we braved them anyway. We we decided oh on Saturday because my older son is turning 10 here in a couple of weeks and he decided for his birthday, he wants a room makeover. So we went to Ikea huh? on a Saturday, which oh. because it was raining, wasn't so bad. It was actually oh, kind of okay. tolerable. So I think all in all, it was a successful thing. But you know, I wanted to mention something related to my older son. He's because it's related to our conversation today. And so last night as he's going to bed, he's like, hey, could you watch that latest video I post. So he and his one of his coaches at school have this YouTube channel and he composes this digital music and he posts it on this YouTube channel. And so I pulled up the video and I hit play and not one, but two ads played before the video because it had gotten over 2000 views in the last week. And he was so proud of that fact. He didn't care about the views. He wasn't like all about the music. He was like, don't you love the music? No, no. He was like, I got two ends. That's amazing. And that the reason I bring that up is because it's tied to what we talk about today with this digital creator economy, this like new online entrepreneurship. And we talk about that on the show, how it impacts not just our generation, but also future generations is really shaping how they think about their role in the world. And so as a segue, so our guests, today are Pat Flynn and Matt Gartland. They are the entrepreneurs and leaders behind Smart Passive Income and SPI Media. And Pat really, he started this kind of as an experiment back when he was laid off in 2008. And he's set out to try to create some income, not even passive income at the time, but just some income through an online medium. And he discovered this opportunity to really teach and coach 
online and share his insights and his specialty, even things that he wasn't an expert in, but was able to curate that content for other people, really lead them through it. And through Smart Passive Income, both Pat and Matt have now helped thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs launch their own businesses and become leaders in this space, create their own communities. And that was another fun part that we got to talk about too. Yeah. What I was just thinking about, it would be so cool if they could do SPI for kids. Can you imagine? That would be so good. Yeah. But yeah, there was so much of the conversation that I feel like really resonated with me in terms of like our story and their partnership and their meeting. And they share the same birthday. Like that was crazy. Like day and year, you know, like month, day and year. It's like nuts. But just like how the partnership happened. And then one of the things we talk about toward the end of the show is just about like, why do we, and this is something I talk about often as well on the show is just like, why do we do everything that we do? And it comes back to impact and being able to make a difference and give back. And, you know, when I asked Pat that question, that's exactly what he said. You get to this point where creating passive income is no longer about covering your expenses and it becomes about being able to find ways to make an impact and to serve and to give back. And I think there's just this, as I said on the show, this misconception about folks who want to create passive income in their lives that they want to just go sit on a beach and drink margaritas. So, yeah, it was a fun show. True. Money doesn't change who you are. It amplifies who you are. And for so many of us, it's about that impact. It's about giving back. And so for the listener out there, if you are on your path to creating passive income, and maybe you haven't quite figured out your path yet, but maybe real estate is one of those things that you're exploring in addition perhaps to online entrepreneurship as Pat and Matt will talk about today. But if you have an inkling that you might be interested in real estate investing and in particular real estate syndications or group investments, which is what we specialize in at Good Egg Investments, we have the perfect resource to get you started. It's a copy of our book, Investing for Good. We have a free hardcover copy for all of you It'll go through all the ins and outs of how to create passive income and achieve financial freedom through investing in real estate, all without the hassles of being a landlord. To get your free copy, go to goodegginvestments.com slash book. With that, let's dive into our conversation with Pat Flynn and Matt Gartland. Pat and Matt, welcome to the show. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for having us. We are thrilled. We can't tell you how thrilled we are to have you on the show today as we know that you're passionate about many of the things that Julie and I are passionate about too, including helping as many people as possible to create passive income so they can live their best lives. And we definitely want to dive into that and everything you're doing to support people in that endeavor. But Pat, I want to start with you as I know that Smart Passive Income was in many ways your brainchild, a personal blog that you started back in 2008 in your, let's call it your virtual startup garage. And so take us back to that time and tell us what were you doing at that time that led you to create this blog, which would eventually become a very successful business and then lead to your partnership with Matt. So start by telling us a little bit about that story. For sure. Yeah. The partnership with Matt came a little bit later. So we'll get to that in a sec, but that was a very important moment. But The other important moment was when I got laid off from my architecture job. I thought I was going to be an architect for the rest of my life. I went to school for architecture in Berkeley and I got this great job in the Bay Area, relocated to Irvine, California. And like 
my path was set for me. But then 2008 came by and then everybody's path sort of like got messed up and I became a statistic at that point. So that was very tough because I didn't really have a plan B. And when I was getting sort of removed from that position, uh, that's when I discovered podcasts and was looking for other means of income. And I discovered one in particular called Internet Business Mastery. And there was a particular interview on that show where I listened to a guy, his name is Cornelius Fitchner. He was making six figures a year helping people pass the PM exam or the project management exam. And this just opened up a whole new world for me because I didn't even know this was even a thing at the time. And then to consider that he was helping people with a very specific exam that I had never heard of before, that was like, well, hey, I took a number of exams on my way to becoming an architect. Maybe I can create a website like he did. Maybe I can sell something to those people eventually and, and maybe I could survive at least. And then in October of 2008, I sold a study guide to an audience that I had built. I stepped up and I created a website and very quickly this website became known in the architectural space because nobody else was talking about this topic called LEAD, which is Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And that was an exam that most people don't hear of. It's sort of a niche in a niche in a niche. And as I often say, the riches are in the niches. So I quickly became a go-to resource there. I became shared. I became number one in Google for many different terms related to that topic. And then in October of 08, I launched a PDF study guide for $19.99. Had no idea what I was doing. Thought it was going to be a complete failure, but I had nothing to lose. So I went with it anyway. And in that month, I had generated $7,908.55 after PayPal fees. It completely changed my life. First of all, I didn't even think that was possible for me. And second of all, I thought the FBI was going to come because it just felt, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel normal. I went to school for several years to be an architect and I was already making two and a half times more doing this new thing. And then of course, month over month, the, the income continued to grow. And it was at this time that people started asking, how did you do that? And I said, well, I'm just kind of learning as I go and figuring a lot of this out. And they were like, well, can you share this? And I said, yeah, I know how to build a website now. So let's start smartpassiveincome.com. And I just started sharing everything, everything that was working, everything that wasn't working. And what put me on the map at first was actually sharing how much money I was making and where it was coming from and how much money I was spending and the lessons that went in and around that. And I think that really put myself on the map because a lot of people were teaching online business at this time, but they were always hiding stuff behind a paywall. They weren't being upfront with everything. They weren't talking about their failures. And here I was just being open about it. And I started to be asked to be on other people's podcasts at the time. I started asked to be writing guest posts and then my name started getting out there. And then in 09, I started a YouTube channel to talk about this stuff. And then 2010 was when the podcast came around and the podcast as podcasting started to take steam or gain steam at that point, I caught it at the right time. And that's what really started to get my name sort of widely known around the world. And then in 2011, I started speaking on stages. 2013, I wrote my first book. And this was sort of a memoir called Let Go because I had gotten let go, but I also had to let go who I thought it was supposed to be in order to grow into entrepreneurship. And this is where Matt came in because Matt, I actually hired his agency called Winning Edits to help me edit this book. And I worked very closely with Matt and he and I vibed so well that after that project was over and successful, I said, Matt, like, can we do more together? Because that was really fun. And I'm more of a visionary, creative person. I'm not super organized. And Matt filled in that hole because he's probably the most organized person I know. I mean, he dreams about spreadsheets and stuff and I don't want anything to do with them. So it became like a perfect match. And then we started working from there. So I don't know if you want Matt to pick it up maybe from from that point of view. 
Yeah, absolutely. But before we get there, I'm just curious, Pat, it's hard to connect the dots going forward, but it's easier to connect the dots going looking backward, right? So right. I'm curious, right. when you look back, maybe you never intended to be an entrepreneur and start this whole thing. But when you look back, were you entrepreneurial as a kid? Did you start things? I mean, it just seems like at this unfortunate circumstance, you all of a sudden, like picked up this thing. And as you named the years, right, 2008, I did this, then 2009, like you didn't rest, you kept going and yeah. <laughs> you kept seeing success. So I'm just curious, was it something that it was you think was always in you? That's an interesting question. I look back, I wasn't that person who was opening up a lemonade stand in the corner of my neighborhood. I wasn't the person selling candy to kids at school or anything like that. So I didn't really have that entrepreneurial drive. I always had the drive to want to be the best at something though, for sure. And this is why in architecture, I was the youngest person in the firm to be promoted to job captain because I was always trying to up level and upscale and do better. But then when I lost my job and found something that worked, I just brought that energy there. And it just so happened to be in the world of entrepreneurship. And so I kind of moved from one ladder, the corporate ladder to a new ladder. And the beauty of this ladder is there is kind of no end to it. I could keep going higher and higher. And I found and discovered so many other people on that same entrepreneurial ladder who, interestingly enough, like wanted to help each other out. That was the cool thing. There's a lot of people who keep things secret and, and kind of like see other people as competition. But I also discovered this entire world of people who were so helpful, so willing to answer my questions. And I joined these communities and, and we just lifted each other up. And some of those people, I'm still friends and colleagues and we still partner now. 15 years later, it's, it's just amazing. And that's what I would encourage people to go out and find is those people who are out there who will also lift you up. There are people out there who will try to tear you down. And this is why it's important to find those other people who can be there to support you when you need it. I think I speak for both Julie and myself. That's a big part of what we loved about getting into the entrepreneurial space too. And in real estate, it's in many ways the same. People are always willing to jump in and help each other out. So I'm glad that you were able to build that community. And it sounds like that's what led you to Matt. So Matt, I want to turn it over to you. I'm curious. I mean, with a love for spreadsheets, you had to have had a much different story and journey along the way. So tell us a little bit about your story leading up to that pivotal time when you and and Pat started working together. Yeah, and I appreciate Pat kind of put a bit of breadcrumbs there. Definitely different, but sort of as the story evolves, like even the same in, in some regards, where like we're both entrepreneurial. My first personal venture, so my first startup company was in the creator space before that term even really kind of existed. It hadn't gelled yet, but I loved the intersection of technology and content. Technology was more of my background. I had a corporate career. I left a really nice job to get into my own stuff. Uh, kind of a common story a little bit, but just with the advent of self-publishing and the blogosphere and all these things back in like kind of the mid-aughts, right? That was really compelling to me. And I saw you know, kind of what was happening online. So my first venture was a creative agency, essentially, or a creative studio that started to work with nonfiction authors, New York Times bestselling authors, podcasters, et cetera. And that led me to meeting Pat. He mentioned his first memoir project. And SPI continued to grow. My organization continued to grow kind of serendipitously. And Pat and SPI was always one of our most favorite and beloved accounts. Pat and I just became fast friends, quite frankly. So fast forward to 2018, SPI was doing really important work. We were doing really important work elsewhere. But we just felt like kind of this kinship, right? Like we could have a bigger impact on people's businesses and their financial freedom and all the things that kind of come from this work. So we're like, well, heck, let's just do this together. So we just kind of went all in together. So that's how we got to, you know, being partners formally. I'm curious, what ended up happening of your other business? 
mine, my yeah. other business. So yeah. certainly there was conversations around sunsetting, if you will, other clients. We never tried to like leave anyone in a rough spot. So we tried to play matchmaker and introduce other clients to other editors. They were working on manuscripts and book projects or other maybe fuller service organizations and agencies that were doing audio production or other aspects of their content. So we definitely tried as much as possible to like give it enough notice, et cetera. I wouldn't say that it's always perfect in that circumstance, but the vast majority of everyone was really excited for us and saw the vision just because of how prominent and how influential you know, SPI is. Like They see like where we were trying to go. So yeah, it had bumps along the way a little bit, but like the bigger, much more prominent aspect of the story was like everyone was proud and understood what was happening. Yeah, I basically took the entire team under the yeah. SPI brand. That's what happened. So everybody oh, on the team... Okay. Uh, like kind of, I guess you could see it as like I acquired Matt's company in a way, yes, but yeah. took all the team members right. with me. That was really interesting for me because Matt, of course, being organizational and all about numbers, laid it out for me. He was like, Pat, like we do a lot of great stuff together and maybe it's at like 60% capacity. But if you and I were to combine forces, then you would have the entire team's 100% like of their time and attention into the brand. And then you wouldn't have the agency fees that you would normally have working with my company. So in the end, this is like a win for everybody. It has been, which he is had pretty mapped cool. out the spreadsheets and the models. <laughs> I'm sure he had it all. It was a PowerPoint yeah. presentation. Yeah, the whole thing. There we go. <laughs> More like no cards than PowerPoint. I'm a That's true. That's true. That, so. Anyway, but it does come back to vision and that I'd say that in our own regard, Pat and I are both like visionary and integrators, if we use that framework from Gino Wickman, but being able to like line up sort of a financial forecasting and business vision uh, that I think I was bringing to the table with like all this creative and aspirational opportunity vision that Pat had, it just started to make sense. And especially the, then yes, like in spreadsheets on paper, like it even made more sense. The team was really rallying behind it as well. So the term acquire is a little bit of a phrase in M&A land a little bit as well. So you could kind of call it that, but yeah, you know, ultimately since 2018, getting into 19, you know, we've been plowing forward, you know, as a unified team into, you know, the bigger waters that are now kind of before us in terms of not only audience building, but maybe we'll come back around to talking about community and kind of where we see the future of a, a lot of like online entrepreneurship and where a lot of folks can continue to make defensible gains with financial freedom and their own ventures. I love that term aqua hire. I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's awesome. Part acquisition, part hire, right? So yeah. 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 The reason that I asked is because I get this question often from our coaching clients in our coaching program. And there's a lot of oftentimes partnerships that kind of come together through meeting other folks in the groups and in the group. And so it's just interesting to hear about how you all handled that. Now I'll have that frame of reference in my vocabulary. <laughs> That's what you guys need to think about. Because I think there's even for Annie and I, when we first met, there was a lot of like, well, where do we go from here? Because I had my company first for almost a year, about eight months before she and I met. And it was like, how do we do this? And what does this look like? And how do we do it in a way that makes sense for everybody, not just for she and I? And how do we communicate that and all of that? So I love that. All right. I want to transition a little bit and talk a little bit about Smart Passive Income and the blog. And I think it's really interesting these times that we live in. And, and it's interesting to hear, um, Pat, that you were doing this 14 years ago, um, because I feel like Annie and I just discovered this, like, I don't know, four, five years. When did we start our coaching program? Like three or four years ago now. Um, and it was the scenario you described is almost exactly the same scenario that we went through where it was like, People just kept asking us, like, how are you doing this? We want to know. And it was Annie kept hopping on all these 
phone calls and went out to lunches. And I'm like, we need to stop this and like think about how we can monetize this. And that our coaching program was born. I think it's Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi have their, what do they call it? Their knowledge broker, like blueprint, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's so much of this world that we live in today is this world, this place where so many people have so much information and now they're able to monetize that. Where do you see this kind of going? I'm curious of your thoughts of this. And I have three kids. I don't know if you guys have kids either, but- Okay. I'm just curious, like, where do you think this is heading for the next generation? What does this mean for jobs, the typical jobs that everyone used to get kind of pat your situation that you described, I feel like is going to become more relevant for kids that are growing up that same story. They might not Mm -hmm. even go down the path of like, even thinking they're going to be an architect, but they may just jump right to creating the spreadsheets and whatever their specialty is as a child and where their interests led them. Where do you think this is kind of heading for kids in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think about that all the time because I have two not so young anymore ones. My son is turning 13 in like a week, which is wild. It's just crazy. So of course, he's already starting to think about his future and I'm thinking about his future. And it definitely, the macro environment has a lot to do with what is possible and what his options are. And it's interesting because we've seen the changes in the way content is published online and jobs and what people want to do and careers and whatnot. I mean, we are in the middle of sort of another recession, if you will, just like I had gone through in 08, different technology different time, but same feeling. And so, like you said, this is something that's so important to consider. When Matt and I got together to continue that story a little bit in a relevant way, we started publishing a lot of online courses. We know that we had information that would be very beneficial for people. So we published a number of different courses, one of them called Power Up Podcasting. We've helped thousands of people through that course, start a podcast. That course itself has generated over $3 million. But your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. That's something I always say. So the more that we can step forward and help and serve people, the more it just comes back our way, whether it's a transactional situation or perhaps through sharing or even through constructive feedback, which is just as valuable, if not sometimes more valuable. And we've discovered over time, especially now in 2022, 2023, and moving into the future, that information alone is not enough anymore. We're all bloated now with information. There's so much of it coming our way that the right thing to do is create either filters that allow the right information to come through. And it's really hard to do, especially because sometimes algorithms and other things are putting content right in front of us in such a way that like we don't even know what's happening. And all of a sudden we're four hours on TikTok and realize, wow, I just wasted like all this time, even though I had a few laughs. So we've discovered that the information in our courses, although great and still continues to help people, is not enough. And it's our duty, it's our responsibility to create an environment around these information courses that are conducive to, to success. And so we've been stepping forward into now combining community with this information. So community powered courses. And we're not the ones to come up with that term, but we are definitely a company that wants to step forward and be the example, right? So it's the difference between a teacher handing you a textbook and saying, hey, good luck. And then you're kind of on your own. That's where things have been. And again, before that was valuable because that textbook didn't exist. Now the information's everywhere. So we need to not only hand the textbook over, but say, hey, and here's a bunch of other people who are going to be reading it alongside you. And I'm going to be here as a guide for you as well. And so our, what we call all access pass, which we just launched last week, is already making some noise in the industry of of online education, especially for entrepreneurs. And again, we want to set the tone there. And, And so we feel that smaller privatized communities that you can control are the future of business. This is why coaching will always be around because it's not just the information, it's helping people through that information that's key, right? It's like, we all know we need to go to the gym, but we need somebody 
to be there to hold us accountable. We need somebody to be there to guide us, to keep us safe when we're at the gym. And we also need a group of other people who are just like us, who speak the same language to get us out of bed when we don't want to get up, right? Like that kind of thing is where we see things are headed. So the technology is going to change. But what we've discovered is that like the inherent need of people to feel supported and feel like a sense of belonging will always be there no matter what. How are you guys creating that community? Is it through Facebook groups? Uh, no, definitely not. We're using a tool called Circle at circle.so. Full disclosure, we're advisor. Matt and I both are advisors to that company, which is great because we can, in a way, influence like what we believe will be the right way to grow the company from within, which is cool. And so that allows us to create, it's almost like a perfect marriage between Facebook groups and like how easy and accessible that is with Slack and how organized that is. And it kind of combines the two and it allows for really good at interactions to happen, really organized conversations, but also like events that happen and workshops and other things that are that again, we get to control, right? We get to create that experience. We're not playing in somebody else's sandbox that could change an algorithm or do something that we don't want to happen without us knowing. So Circle is the software that we're using to manage that. We'll get back to our conversation with Pat and Matt in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now back to our chat with Pat Flynn and Matt Gartland. Awesome. Noted. We'll have to take that into consideration. We were just having a conversation about this when we were at our onsite with our team. We we're talking about how do we get our this very topic, how do we get our coaching clients more accountability and how mm. do we get them more engaged and how do we get them from where they are to where they want to be? Because it's not just about the information that we deliver. It's interesting. This is fascinating. So in terms of sort of course materials or how does somebody Maybe give us like a best case or your average, what does the average person look like when they come to you? What is their situation? What are they looking for? And how do you guys move them through that process through SPI? 
I would say our average student that we love is in that wonderful position of that they probably have a great job, maybe a nine to five, maybe a corporate career, but they have mentally reached that decision point, right? Around like, I desire more financial freedom, what other freedoms along with that, right? So they're thinking about how do I replace my traditional nine to five income with something that can still support myself and my family, right? I, and they've started to learn. So the information blow, like, so they've been out there, they're consuming podcasts, they're reading blogs, uh, they're connecting with brands like ours and others in the space. So they start to have like, certain like command of the raw concepts, but they need direction and need focus. How do I start to apply this? How do I maybe learn from others like me at my point in this like proverbial journey, right? Of leaving this one destination and pursuing something else. So that's kind of where we're typically meeting people is maybe not purely at the beginning, because again, they've they've riched themselves around online marketing and maybe a little bit deeper into like email marketing and some specific things, but they need direction, they need focus, they need accountability, or at least they're craving these things, right? And that's where we try to meet them. So what we've been able to bring together, Pat's already mentioned, that our all access pass is the best experience that we've ever been able to produce to genuinely help and guide people in this journey towards being able to replace a full-time income, maybe from a more traditional source with their own. So what we have done is take all 17 of our courses, our flagship ones, as well as our smaller workshops, and then created pathways in a very intentional sequencing of our curriculum and very deliberate ways uh, focused on learning outcomes and objectives. And we've created this all access pass product, if you will. So subscription-based product versus one time, that's important both on the business side, maybe there's space to come back to that for us. But for the student, this is the most like integrated experience that we have, again, ever been able to create where like they get the curriculum that's important, but they get the chemistry and the magic, if you will, from not just like more access to us, but more importantly, access to peers going through these guided pathways that promote greater completion rates of the curriculum, compounding education from one learning objective to the next. And then it again, arrives them at very deliberate points in the future you know, by way of these learning pathways. Yeah, that's the aim in terms of the student and how we're trying to help them accelerate and advance on their own development. How would you guys say that SPI has sort of changed your lives, not just as a business, but like having passive income? How has it mm -hmm. changed your lives and maybe those of your clients as well? Yeah, I mean, I could start with this one in 08 not making any money at all. It was more of a place for me to document and journal the business that I was getting into, which was the architecture thing. And what was so interesting and what captured many people's attention is the sort of passive part of that, right? Because I could set up this website and it was helping people all around the world. People were downloading this ebook and even getting into other things that I had recommended and I was making money through affiliate marketing in that way. And I'd wake up the next morning and boom, there'd be more money in my account. And on the surface, that's like almost unbelievable, especially back then. But then when I showcased exactly how it happened and showed screenshots of my accounts and all these other things, people were like, wow, this world exists. And wow, you're sharing all the things that you did wrong. Like, Pat, you must be the person to go to, right? And so that's what happened. And then the different kinds of media came into play after that point. And then probably around 2010 was when I first started to realize that there were a lot of money making opportunities on also smart passive income. Now, the architecture website was maybe taking two to three hours a month of my time now. And all of my time was building, creating content. It was not passive at all. The actual passive income blog until I realized that there were a lot of affiliate marketing opportunities. I could show people, for example, how to build a website from scratch and all the things that go in and out of that. And step five includes a hosting company and here's my commission link. Like, click it if you wanna use it, if not, no worries. And so what I ended up doing was being, again, even more forthcoming with just free content and then injecting a lot of these affiliate opportunities in place because I was telling people all the steps and 
most people were hiding all the steps behind a paywall, but here I was giving it away for free. But the way that I was able to generate income was again through affiliate marketing. And there was one particular, the first time I did that was in 2010. I'd built a website in the security guard training space. And I said, hey guys, I'm gonna do this experiment. It might completely fail. So now people are curious, is it gonna fail or not? So they're following along, they subscribe. But I'm gonna build this website about something I know nothing about and show you how by just being the expert curator in a space, by making things easier, filtering the world out there into something that's helpful, that you can do something with it. So in 73 days, I built this website, keyword research, all the stuff, creating content, hiring writers to create this content even. And in 73 days, I got to number one in Google for the term security guard training. And then I saw my affiliate income just like went crazy because people were like, oh, this is legit. He did it. And they could even search for security guard training and see that it was number one. So the proof's in the pudding. And then now people were going through the steps and creating their own niche websites. And there's a lot of people that particular experiment changed their lives because they were able to see somebody else do it first. And that's when the term crash test dummy came into play. Like, I don't remember who coined this for me, but I loved it because it was like, oh, Pat, you're the crash test dummy. Because what does a crash test dummy do? They put themselves out there and they like get beat up a little bit, but then that information goes back and helps other people. And I was like, that's a perfect analogy for me. So sure, I'll be the crash test dummy. And that was our headline on the website for a while. And that was really cool. But then the online courses started coming into play and then this income became a lot more passive and it was passive to the point of six figures a month coming in, which was absolutely life-changing. I mean, initially I just wanted to survive the layoff and then it became about being financially free and then it became about giving back. So in 2014, my family and I, we did a little campaign with an organization called Pencils of Promise, which builds schools in third world countries. And we said, hey, SPI community, if we raise $25,000, my family and I are gonna match that. We were gonna do it anyway, but to encourage people to contribute that we would build two schools in Ghana, Africa. And we were able to raise enough money to build two schools in Africa. And the next year, my videographer and I took a trip to Ghana to meet the teachers and the students and to work on some of the schools as they were being built. And it was just a life-changing thing. So sure, it generated a lot of money, but it's also been able to fast forward a lot of the philanthropic stuff that I've wanted to do. And even now I'm trying to grow and get even bigger vision with the things that we could do outside of SPI to help more people, especially with kids and education. That's really important to me. And it definitely, there needs to be somebody to step up to mix things up a little bit. And I think we're primed for that. But that's me. I mean, it's allowed all the financial things to be taken care of, which again is fantastic. And I'm super grateful for that. But it's also given me freedom to see what I can do to serve even more. And that that's where my head is at. I don't know, Matt, like as SPI has grown and money has come into your pockets, like how have you felt about sort of what it's opened up for you? Pretty similarly, as we've been talking about internally ourselves, and we're talking about planning the next decade, because fun fact, Pat and I shared the exact same birthday, like exactly like day and year, which was as of this recording uh, last week, actually. Yeah, we just turned 40. Um, and we just turned 40. So it's so like, it's, I don't know, it's kind Happy of a Happy birthday, fun... guys. Thank oh you. my Thank gosh, you. Um, that's wild. It's like meant to be. Like, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> if we had the same birthday, like day and year, any month, day and year, that'd be wild. It would be like, okay, the universe is sending it's something. The cosmos right? are telling us something, right? <laughs> yeah. But I kind of think about three things that I'll come to in just a quick second, but like it plays into like, okay, Pat, I'm talking about not just strategic planning for SPI next year or whatever, but it's like for the next decade, honestly, like, you know, what do we aspire to do? And we don't have to do everything together as partners. Pat has personal projects. I have some as well, but there's a lot of shared vision and values and things. So I think ascribed similarly to the same principles and purpose for like, okay, what can we do together in a bigger way though? That is beyond just like this one business or potentially even business itself and think more again, philanthropy and other things. But my three kind of distillations, at least for right now in SPI, maybe the question itself is one is like, I found my people you know, based on 
other ventures I've had. I've, I've had a number of startups in the past. Some have done well, some haven't. But like, these are my people, right? The folks that we get to, to serve here, they're really humble. They're eager to pursue a similar path that Pat and I have. So yeah, that just feels so good here, meaningful in terms of SPI. Second is like my partner. So speaking of, again, other ventures I've had, and Pat and I talked about this on a different show recently, I think I've had like 12 business partners across a variety of different ventures in the past. And Pat definitely has to stand out like heads and shoulders. Like it's almost like dating, right? Like you date a lot of people that maybe find the one. <laughs> so it's like, but anyway, like Pat's just time and again proven to be like, he's been my, my best partner you know, this whole time. And then three, I'd say is legacy, which I know Pat cares a lot about as well, but chiefly kind of for the kids to kind of come back to that. Our kids, I have two young girls, uh, three and a half year old and a 10 month old baby. And kind of thinking about Julie, your question just around like the next generation, like I think entrepreneurial skills are going to be that much more important going forward. Not that they haven't been in the past, but just in the ability to think critically and solve problems sort of in that entrepreneurial way, even if you're pursuing a traditional job, whether you're in corporate, whether you're in finance or architecture or anything really, even manufacturing, like I just think like this essence of like thinking critically about business through like the lens of problem solving in the world, which is I think that core spirit, right, of entrepreneurship, I think increasingly that's going to be so important. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We could do a whole other show. We should on just entrepreneurial stuff and kids because I'm so anytime. <laughs> yes, we totally need to. But one interesting thing that I wanted to point out, and this was the reason that I asked this question, I think that there's a lot of sort of misconception out there around passive income and the desire to create passive income. And I think that a lot of people think like, oh, people just want to create passive income so they can sit around and not do anything all day. And what we've found on this show, and what you guys have both said too, is that what it allows you to do is it takes care of like the necessities, right? And then you get mm -hmm. to the next place where it's like, okay, now I can feed my family and now I can take care of all of that. And now it becomes about how do I serve and how do I give back and how do I make my life really impactful and meaningful by giving back and utilizing my skills, all of the things that I'm really good at to be able to impact the lives of others, which is so much of what Annie and I do, which Pat, that's pretty much like what you said is it all kind of comes full circle to impact impact and giving back. So I love that, that you guys both kind of answered that way, because I think it's important for other people to see that creating passive income really allows us, I feel like frees us to not have to worry about the day-to-day -day and frees us to think about how you can make a bigger impact in the world. So I love that. We're going to move on to the last part of our show, the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round. I'm going to ask you guys a question. You guys can either choose to both answer or just one of you can answer. But the first question is around your life and money. So what's one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design? I am somebody who loves to document and work in public. And when it comes to money, especially, I mean, I think the money is the byproduct of other things. And so one of those things is how much you serve an audience and all those kinds of things. But even deeper than that is how you spend your time and what you do and what you choose to work on. And I've been really diving into the world of just focus lately. And in fact, this is what my next book is about. It's about this idea that we are learning so much, but how do we focus our learning to get maximum value from that? And then how do we then re shift that focus out to serving others? And so that is something that I'm working on right now and, and how I'm trying to add value in today's world, because we're all starting to feel a lot of that bloat now. And I think we need not just like an information diet, but we need to also consider like what is important to us. And I think a lot of us are losing sight of that because we're trying to grind or hustle. And I think that 
you can hustle, but that doesn't mean you have to work all the time. Hustle means you know what you want, but you also know yourself. And also, as Matt and I both turned 40, you know, the other day, like I got my flu shot and then I was like out for a couple of days. I was just under the weather. I'm like, I turned 40 and I'm like feeling weak already. And it was because of the flu shot, but it made me think, wow, like I need to take care of myself now even more than ever, because if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to help others. Right. And it's not just like, oh, I want to play with my grandkids on soccer with them when they're older or when I have grandkids, I don't have grandkids yet, but taking care of myself is going to be really key because then I can't serve anybody or help anybody if I'm always needing help myself. So that's just something that's on my mind. But again, continuing this idea of serving first and not just like doing that, but leading by example. This is why we're always really open with how we're doing what we're doing in our plans, because we find that we attract a lot of people who also want to do what we're doing. So it's only right of us to kind of share all those things, good and bad, so that people can learn from our mistakes too. Yeah, it's funny because I told my husband when he was about to turn 40, I'm a little bit older than him. And I said, yeah, watch, you'll see what happens. And it's like everything, the body pains, like it's <laughs> longer to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Wait till you guys get to my age. You're going to be like, oh man, you're going to feel like you're a hundred years old. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, it's funny. I think it's really hard right now with so much, like when I'm trying to teach my kids, I homeschool my kids and it's almost like there's too much available, right? That it's hard mm. to sort of say, okay, I'm going to go this path or that path because there's just so much. It becomes very difficult. Like back in our days, I just was telling my kids the other day about the encyclopedias. Do you guys even know, like back in my day, it was very limited information that was available on a certain topic. I could only go so far into a certain topic. There was no like diving into Google and jumping into a rabbit hole and like learning so much about stuff that's out there. So being able to focus, I think is almost becoming like a lot lost art that people just don't know how to do anymore because there's so much available. So I love that. When is the book coming out? Oh, I mean, I just signed the paperwork to this. My first traditional published book, again, working in public, I'm going to, I've done self-published books. I am going down this path, even though I don't have to, I have an audience already. I could launch a book and make lots of money with it. Sure. But I think it's my duty to also experience the other side of it. So I can best relay that information to other people who always ask me, Hey, should I go self-publish or traditional publish? So we'll see what happens, but I'm really excited because it's going to come out. But I also know it's going to be a slog because this traditional publishing industry, like it might be a year and a half to two years from now. So that's just how it works. <laughs> we'll have to get you guys back on the show when the book comes out here in a couple of years. And yes, Annie knows all about trying to get books published. That was a bit of a haul for us when we got ours out. So mm. um, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. With all right. Second question is around others' life and money. So what is one life or money hack that you can share that'll make an impact in others' lives right now? Matt, you're the finance guy. Why don't you take this one? Yeah, I can step into that one. Actually, my thought here is would have been my answer to the other one as well, which is developing other leaders. Something I've learned just a long time ago, just with leadership development programs and other wonderful mentors and executives in my life that have helped teach me is like one of the best things and also one of the biggest responsibilities, if you want to believe that or play into it, that we have as leaders is to pass on that gift and develop the leadership capability of others. And I think that is a, a rising tide, proverbially, of many things. It can help those of us like that right now, like slow down, right? At least in the day-to-day -day stuff in SPI so that we have more time with our kids or to be able to focus on bigger projects in our future. It's also a, a wonderful way to give back and add vitality to the future of the company to allow the team to continue to prosper and grow in their own careers, to have more access to compensation for themselves and their families. And when that goes well, again, like I think that's one of the best things that you can do as a leader is to create a vibrant, high vitality, prosperous organization that continues to serve others. So 
yeah, I think it ticks a lot of boxes for me to try to develop all mm. the leaders. That was a deep answer, Matt. <laughs> I love that. I was thinking more, my answer was going to be like, before I buy anything online, I just talk to my wife and she'll either talk me out of it or I can argue my way into it. That's my tip. Like, don't just impulse buy. <laughs> That's yeah. a great hack. <laughs> I'd throw another classic. Yeah, maybe in there, which is like, just live within your means, right? Like, it's wonderful to you know, be able to, to generate a lot of this entrepreneurs. We kind of have an outsized opportunity to do that if we get lucky sometimes. Pat and I together, like, we're, we're not living in mansions, not to get too much into like value statements here, but you know, we believe just like being able to make very sensible decisions as families, you know, and stuff like that. Like it gets off of this, again, I'll be just spiky opinion here, but like, or you avoid falling into the trap or I'm just chasing money or having ego or all these things that can become kind of negative toxic conditions, you know, in the world mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship or, you know, venture capitalists or this whole other side of, I guess, that lifestyle. Yeah. So anyway. Also though, have fun, spend your money on stuff that makes you happy. Right. I mean, you might argue, why do you have a Mandalorian helmet behind you? It's like, because I love Star Wars cool, yes. and it makes me happy. Right. Yeah. And it makes me feel creative. So why would you spend that money? Cause it makes me happy and you can always make more money down the road, but what we can't get back is time. So you might as well try to be happy as much of the time that you have as possible. A hundred percent. I love that. You got to live for today. That was one of the things that I realized was that I hear so many stories about retirement folks who like retired and then like a week after they retired, they die of a heart attack. And it's like, oh my gosh, you worked 35 years and never really mm. lived because you were waiting to live. And it's just so sad sometimes. So a hundred percent agree with that. And Matt, I can't agree with you more on the leadership piece. I think the more that we can empower others around us to find the value that they add to the world around them, it just everybody together kind of comes around. So I think that's so awesome. All right. Last question is around life and money in the world. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to make the world a better place? Yeah, I think it starts at home, number one. I think it's helping our kids by setting the example and, and setting themselves up for success. They're going to be out there in the world and contributing in one way or another, and we want to set them up for success. But at the same time, they are their own people. And so my wife and I both have learned that we talk a lot about how our parents raised us and we love our parents, but also there were a lot of things that didn't allow us to explore as much as we wanted to when we were kids. And then so we're doing our best to work together to enable them to not just live their best life, but contribute to society as much as possible. So it starts at home because then there's a ripple effect there. They're going to help and serve others and et cetera, et cetera. So that's number one. Number two, continuing to create content and just share openly about what is happening because people can learn from, again, what is working, but also what's not working. And so as I continue to grow and expand out and challenge myself, and that's what I do, I always look to where I'm uncomfortable. That's how I know that's the right next step. I never try to be complacent with where I am because then I might just be stagnant or I'm not of use to anybody. And then number three, like Matt and I both, we're doing a lot of advisorship work now with other companies, especially in the creator space. I don't even know the number now, but it might be close to 10 companies that he and I both both sort of advise in different ways. Circle we mentioned is one of them and there's many more. And that enables us to have an impact through these other companies, through the experiences that we've had in our expertise without having to like do the day to day in those companies as well. So we're able to work with companies that we know have an impact and hopefully have an impact on their companies, their employees and customers and clients as well. And then, like I said, just always continuing to think about education and philanthropic efforts in and around that. I've done a lot of stuff here, local in San Diego related to this classrooms of the future and, and different kinds of things. And what I'm discovering, there's a lot of red tape in education, it's very hard to move, get things to change. So there has to be something that happens. And hopefully I can at least start that conversation with more people and change can be made.
Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I started my career as a fourth grade teacher and wanted to bring games into the classroom and found that exact same red tape way back when, and it's still there today. And I think if it's there's one common thread between both of your stories, it's that willingness to be open and genuine and to share. And I think there's a certain vulnerability and courage that comes with that. You mentioned the crash test dummy, right? And you can't be that person for other people with without that vulnerability and being willing to be that person who steps out front, not knowing what happens and making your mistakes and letting people see your mistakes. And so I applaud you both for your courage and your leadership. I think it inspires not only Julie and myself, but all of our listeners and our community as well. And clearly you've provided so much value to so many people. And I know that our listeners are going to be so intrigued by the not only the crash test dummy thing, but the security security guard training and the book, so many things that you've mentioned here. So tell them what's the best place that they can go to learn more and follow up with all all that you're doing. Oh, sure. Thank you again, Annie and Julie, for having us today. This is such a pleasure. We always love talking about this kind of stuff. The security guard training website I actually sold in 2020. So I don't own that anymore, which is pretty cool. But all the things you can find at smartpassiveincome.com are all access, which we talked about a bunch of times, smartpassiveincome.com slash all access to see sort of how we're trying to take the lead and take the charge with where we believe education should be online for especially entrepreneurs. And then probably the best spot would be probably our newsletter. I mean, we have a new newsletter called Unstuck. And it's one where I tell a story with a lesson that goes along with it. And you can find that at smartpassiveincome.com slash unstuck. And eventually, if we do what we are supposed to do, you will find your way into stuff that will be useful and valuable for you through any of those means. So thank you again. And I'd also love to say hi to you on social media at Pat Flynn on Instagram or Twitter, if you'd like. And I can't wait to chat again. This has been such a pleasure. Pat Flynn and Matt Gartland, the entrepreneurs and leadership team behind Smart Passive Income and SPI Media. Pat and Matt, thank you so much for being here with us, sharing your story, your insights, and your wisdom with us and our listeners today. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 